We'll go over what is intersex, and what it means, so stay tuned and keep watching till the end. This condition is rare and still shrouded in mystery, but it shouldn't be. If you've noticed the I in LGBTQIA+, you may wonder what it means and where it came from. The I stands for intersex, a biological variance that means a person's sex doesn't fit neatly into the boxes of male or female based on their chromosomes genital presentation, reproductive tissue, or some combination of the three. Up to 1.7% of the world population is born intersex, a figure roughly equivalent to the number of redheads. Find out what it means to be intersex and why more intersex individuals are embracing this identity. What does it mean to be intersex? A person is said to be born with intersex biology when she or he is born with a body that doesn't fit the medical standards for male or female. There are a few dozen different ways to be born intersex, because sex development is really complicated. It involves genes, hormone receptors, organ development, and more. Intersex used to be known as hermaphroditism, but the latter term is outdated and no longer used. What does intersex look like? Intersex is not about gender identity or sexual orientation, it's about physical sex traits. An intersex individual may have female chromosomes but ambiguous to male-appearing genitals, or male chromosomes but ambiguous to female-appearing genitals. An intersex person could have what's called true gonadal intersex, having both ovarian and testicular organs. They could also have a complex or undetermined disorder of sexual development that doesn't fit neatly into any of these categories. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. What's up? Hola, bonjour, konnichiwa. What up, what up, baby? Tis I, your host, Justine Monique, back at you to get into another blog post from the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com. And as you probably could already tell, or maybe you're confused, I don't know, but per our intro, on this episode, I decided to share what it means to be intersexed per the No More YouTube page because it's something that I've always been fascinated about and I actually did write a blog post about it. Are you surprised? You shouldn't be. It is titled The Third Gender, Intersexed Humans and was published on May 24th, 2013. Let's get into it. The Third Gender Intersexed Humans Upon hearing about the story concerning a lawsuit filed in South Carolina by the Crawfords, I was upset and concerned about their now eight-year-old child that identifies himself as a male despite having sexual reassignment surgery as a toddler to make him into a female. Here's a quote from the article on this story from ABC 30. Lawyers for Pam and Mark Crawford said Tuesday they were suing the Department of Social Services for having irreversible surgery performed on a 16-month-old child they eventually adopted and raised as a girl. The child was born in 2004 with both male and female genitalia and placed in state custody after the termination of parental rights, according to court papers. At the age of 16 months, doctors removed the child's male genitalia, leaving the toddler with female parts, according to court papers. 
I would like to know who made and authorized the decision to perform the sexual assignment surgery on this child. I would also like to know why it was decided that he should become female. I feel that intersex humans are a third gender, not a natural disaster, as some may feel. I also think intersex persons are phenomenal beings, extraordinary examples of living organisms. There are other intersex living organisms in nature as well, like earthworms. Of course, I can imagine that there are struggles that come along with being intersex, like having the world decide that you have to be a boy or a girl, not both. If a child is born a hermaphrodite, why not allow the child to be until they're of legal age to decide whether or not they'd like to become male, female, or neither? I feel it's against the child's right to force something as life-altering as a gender change procedure onto them. The case of the Crawfords is a fine example of this. How will they ever be able to help their son heal from the state's reckless decision? If the boy accepted his feminine body parts and felt like a girl, then I'm pretty sure we wouldn't even be discussing the issue of sexual assignment surgery on intersex persons. Why can't American society accept intersex humans? Why not create a third gender group? If a high school in Thailand can accommodate its transgendered student population by creating an additional bathroom, why can't we, as a society, accept transgendered and intersex persons? I know we're coming along with the struggle of marriage equality in the U.S., but what about the fight for the intersex children? No one should be allowed, government or not, to decide what a child's gender should be. It's not anyone's, aside from the child's, decision to make. I do want to say that I am apologetic for using the term hermaphrodite because I did not know that is considered archaic and derogatory now. So my apologies to anyone I offended by using that term. When I wrote my blog post in 2013, uh, I was under the assumption at that time that I could use those terms interchangeably and apparently that is not the case. So, hey, you know what? I'm still learning and I can admit when I'm wrong. But uh, now that that part's out of the way, I did want to also say that when it comes to intersex folks, um, I am not intersex, so I cannot wholly identify with their experience, but I can identify with feeling like because of who I am naturally, then I'm being forced to assimilate to society's standards. And that sounds exactly like what's happening with um, intersex people is that they're being forced against their own will to assimilate to gender constructs, which is some horse shit. And of course, being that I'm a black queer female in this world, I always feel like I'm being forced to uphold some type of societal construct. So I can get that, even though I know with the intersex community, it, a lot of it has to also do with the medical community and how they're being treated. And I'm just thankful that I have later since my blog post in 2013 that I shared with you all in this episode that I did some more research and, you know, um, I'm more educated about it. Not that I'm an expert at all about intersex people, but I did come across this TED talk by a Miss Susanna Temko, and I would like to share that with you in regards to her experience and what she is asking of the world as far as their view and treatment of intersex people, and I would like to share that with y'all right now. So I have a confession to make right off the bat. 
I don't know what you were doing at 16, but I'm a really big fan of Harry Potter and was waiting way too long to receive my letter inviting me to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. I could have gone for sixth form. I was also waiting for an invitation to the Jedi Temple or a tap on the shoulder to invite me to the X-Men. I was that kid. When I was 16 years old, I got my wish. I was taken into a doctor's office and told that I am, in fact, part of a group of people who are still largely invisible and misunderstood. I am intersex. That's my superpower. For many of you in this room, it'll be the first time you've even heard the word intersex. Intersex is anatomy. It refers to people who are born with one or more of a variation of sex characteristics. That's your genitals, your hormones, your chromosomes that fall outside of the traditional conceptions of male and female bodies. In other words, the most basic assumption we've made about our species, what we're taught in schools, that sex is binary, just male and female, is not correct. Like most things in this world, it is much more complicated than that. Intersex people who fall outside of this false sex binary have always existed throughout human history. Like the wizards of Harry Potter, we are pretty much invisible. Some of us don't even know that we are intersex. Like the X-Men, some of our traits are obvious at birth, and others turn up around the time when puberty is supposed to kick in. When we find out we are intersex, some of us believe we are the only ones in the world. Me, specifically, I have XY chromosomes, which you may have understood to be typically male. I was also born with gonads instead of ovaries. Standing here on this stage would have been my worst nightmare only five years ago. It would have been impossible. I use the metaphor of the superhuman, but really, we are just like you. Intersex people are thought to make up to 1.7% of the population. That's the same number of people born with naturally red hair. That means more depending on where you are in the world, but you get the picture. We are in front of you getting coffee. We are sat next to you on the train. We are swiping you left and right on dating apps. So why haven't you heard of us? If we are so common, why don't you see us? How has the world responded to us? We often think of disciplines like medicine and the law as supposedly neutral, immune to bias. The law is reason-free from passion. The doctor's Hippocratic Oath states that warmth, sympathy, and understanding may outweigh the surgeon's knife or the chemist's pill. In truth, these disciplines that touch our lives 
are impressive, but they are filled with our prejudices. They are not immune, just as we are not immune to the effects of that prejudice, which can be devastating. In medicine, intersex babies who are born with ambiguous genitalia are routinely operated on without consent, without medical need, irreversibly, in order to make their healthy anatomy appear more normal. This is before they've even said their first words, indicated a sexuality or a gender identity. Many people are never told the truth about their intersex traits. And those who are, are instructed often not to tell anyone. Secrecy is enforced and shame is a close shadow. In the law, intersex people fall outside of categorization and more importantly, protection. This concerns the banal tasks, if you can imagine the number of forms you filled out that you had to check M or F on, to lacking protection under any law, specifically the Gender Recognition or Equality Act. And intersex people cannot correct the sex classification they've been given at birth unless they declare they are transgender. After decades of activism, these life-altering problems are starting to be addressed. So, why does this matter to those of you who aren't intersex, who don't have variations of sex characteristics? I imagine many people in this audience have, in the privacy of their own bathrooms, wondered, are my labia too long? Are my testicles uneven? Is my penis too small? Is my vagina too wide or too shallow? Nothing that hurts or gets in the way, just aesthetically. Are mine normal? I imagine that many people in, these, in this audience have those small concerns, but generally go about their lives not thinking about it. These variations in our bodies, like the color of our eyes or the size of our feet, rarely affect our health materially. To put it another way, to give you an idea of the intersex experience, what if when you were an infant, your parents or your doctors looked at your labia, your penis, your testicles, and thought they're healthy, feeling, but they're not normal. Even before you knew what you wanted to do with them, where you know, want to put them. <laughs> what if they went so far as to assign you a different sex based off these measurements? And then they lied to you about what they'd done. What if these surgeries sterilized you? What if they resulted in immense pain and scarring? What if you had to take medicine for the rest of your life to replace the healthy organs they took away? 
and you had to pay for that medicine yourself. And then every time you went to a doctor's office for a cold, you were questioned about your sex life, your gender identity, what your private parts looked like. And then more doctors and medical students were invited to add to these questions, ask you to drop your trousers or submit to an unnecessary medical exam. This is a picture of what is happening to the intersex community, people like me, every day around the world. Our community is not anti-medicine or anti-surgery. We are for the right to make decisions about our bodies and our lives. The current approach to intersex people stems from a now debunked academic study from a man who over 50 years ago believed that you could raise a child in any gender by changing their genitals, never telling them, and reinforcing that gender over and over again. It also stems from referring to healthy intersex variations as abnormal or disordered. This makes sense. If you refer to something as a disorder, suggest there's a fix. It also stems the fear and stigma of being intersex from homophobia, transphobia, sexism, and ultimately, our colonial past. I am not here to say that the categories of men and women don't exist. I'm saying like most things in this world, it is more complicated than that. The world is complex and we can choose to see that as beautiful or we can choose to continue to deny the existence of that complexity, push people into artificial binary boxes, fix what isn't broken, and restrict our own field of vision. One of the challenges that intersex people face today is making ourselves visible and making ourselves safe at the same time. By that I mean we are appealing to the humanity of lawmakers to make us safe, whilst putting ourselves into the public eye, sharing our stories, trying to build community with people like us, even when it isn't safe to do so. For parents of intersex children listening and watching, for those in the audience who may become the guardians of intersex people, I want you to know I love my life, but it has not been free of issue, especially in relation to being intersex. No life is free of issue. All coins have two sides. On the one side, I have been humiliated in doctor's offices. I have stood in front of prospective partners and felt afraid and so not good enough. I have watched other women pass me in the street and imagine the ways that they were more women than me, more human than me. I have questioned whether I have a place in this world. On the other, I have been deeply loved for everything that I am, 
in friendship and romantically. I have learnt compassion and empathy for a wider range of society. I have taken the time to love my body and not judge the bodies of others. I have developed a strength and a hope that would have been impossible without this particular life. The instinct to protect children is instinctive and it's admirable. But the truth is that love, acceptance, and refusing to bathe that child in shame will protect them more than trying to fix something that isn't broken. This is why it is in our interest to protect intersex people and make them visible. For as long as societies reinforce one form of acceptable, of normal, Everyone will face insecurity for being different in any way. Simply trying to erase variation, difference, build shame. Being intersex has not materialized the powers that I wished for as a teenager. Beyond being able to see where this false sex binary harms us all. It is my belief that if intersex people can gain equality, can be seen, can be accepted, and can be loved, then we all will. Thank you. So in addition to listening to Ms. Temko's um, TED Talk, uh, on my research journey, I also discovered that there is a intersex awareness day. I, I tell you, I had no idea that existed, but then again, I shouldn't be surprised because huh, how am I going to know if it's not shattered from the rooftops, right? I mean, it's, it's wild how it seems like the intersex community just gets pushed to the damn side. Nobody, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't even know the I in LGBTQIA Gosh, I hope I nailed all those letters because I tell you, I, I can't keep up with all the new letters, y'all, for real. It's like, ooh, alphabet people. I didn't know that's what it stood for. I had no idea. Had no idea at all. Um, but apparently, Intersex Awareness Day is on October 26th. And per interactadvocates.org, I will drop a link in the show notes just so y'all can check it out and see all the valuable information surrounding the intersex community. So I would like to read about Intersex Awareness Day per their page on their website titled, What is Intersex Awareness Day? October 26, 1996 marks the anniversary of the first public demonstration by intersex people in the United States. Members of the now defunct Intersex Society of North America and their allies arrived in Boston, Massachusetts at the annual conference of the American Academy of Pediatrics. They demonstrated and shared their plan in a very public way, denouncing non-consensual infant genital surgeries and demanding the medical industry take notice. Doctors dismissed the activist as a vocal minority in a 1997 New York Times article covering the intersex action. The tides are slowly changing. Today, intersex people and our allies are following in their footsteps, organizing in cities around the U.S. and around the world. 
In 2018, LGBT advocacy group Voices for Intersex Supermodel Han Gaby ODL, Intersex Justice Project, and Interact teamed up in New York City to protest Dr. Dix Pappas, a leader in performing clitoral surgeries on minors who came under fire for using vibrators on young intersex children to test his surgical results. Wow, that's okay. Papa's faced no discipline and still practices at Cornell. In August 2018, he quoted that he should have videotaped the test. Wow. Intersex Justice Project led their third action at Lurie Children's in Chicago, calling for the institution to hashtag end intersex surgery. In 2020, the institution finally issued an apology. Read more about the day's history from Bestie Driver, an openly intersex elected official in the U.S. Read our facts page for more information about intersex basics. And here's a handy list of 26 things you can do for Intersex Awareness Day. I'm sorry about those pauses and uh, side comments I made, but that is that is some appalling ass shit by that doctor. I I'm. T- my mind is blown away because I'm learning this stuff in real time. I had no idea all this shit was going on. It's, oh, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. But let's move on to 26 ways allies can support Intersex Awareness Day on October 26. And this was compiled by Interact Advocates for Intersex Youth and Intersex Justice Project. Hans Lindahl, Bria Brown-King, Sean Saifawal and Pigeon Pagunis. I don't know if I'm saying these names right. I'm sorry, y'all, if I'm fucking the names up. So let me continue reading here. Many of us know about the harms of LGBTQ plus youth conversion therapy, but did you know about the physical surgical harms faced by intersex youth? Some doctors still believe it is okay to permanently change the genitalia and other sex traits of intersex minors by recommending unnecessary surgeries to parents. This is connected to a historical belief that changing intersex bodies will stop kids from growing up gay or transgender. Mm. Intersex Awareness Day is October 26th. With these smart, actionable steps, allies can prepare all month long. Whether you have five minutes or five days, $500 or $0, there's an option for everyone. Read on to learn how allies can support intersex people. How many things on this list can you do this month? Click on each item to expand and learn more. Number one, read up on some basic do's and don'ts of intersex allyship. Number two, think about the language you use to describe bodies. Upgrade your vocabulary. Number three, organize a protest or other direct action in your community. Four, learn about the history of Intersex Awareness Day. See, I kind of helped y'all with that already, so y'all don't have to worry about that one. Number five, learn about what intersex surgery really means and who opposes intersex bodily autonomy. Number six, give an intersex person a small, kind gesture. Number seven, each one, teach one. Ask one friend if they've heard of the intersex. See what they know. Number eight, learn about intersex books and films. Share the love with your local library. Number nine, start small by signing one petition to one hospital. Ten, donate to an intersex-led organization. Number 11, sign up to get emails about bills in your area supporting intersex rights. 
Number 12, contact your local trans or LGBT medical clinic and ask if they have intersex resources. Number 13, learn from intersex YouTubers and video creators. Number 14, hang a poster in your school or office or outside with IJP's wheat paste tutorial. Number 15, ask your place of work or a place that you frequent about single stalls and gender neutral language in bathrooms. Number 16, print out intersex brochures and leave them at your doctor's office or relevant place of work. 17, have a conversation conversation about intersex with someone in your life who is pregnant or has young children. Number 18, offer to be a buddy to an intersex friend going into a public bathroom or medical appointment. So there's a lot more to this, y'all. I won't read them all because I would like for y'all to go and actually read all of these and practice them. So, of course, as I like to do, I will be dropping a link in the show notes so that y'all can go and explore for yourself. Hopefully you will gain something. Hopefully, just even from what has been shared in this episode, you are feeling more enlightened, you are more educated, and you know how to go about if you have encountered an intersex individual. Hell, maybe you have a loved one that is intersex and you just didn't know how to approach them for whatever reason. Because, hey, in this world, whatever they don't seem to offer up and teach you, whatever has been deemed as strange and not really a true part of society, so to speak, it's just like we black sheep those fucking people. We just put them on the outside, put them on a back burner, don't even think about it. They're invisible. It's like we just put on blinders to those people. So, hey, maybe unintentionally you have mistreated this person, didn't even know it, hurt their feelings. You don't fucking know. What do you know if nobody tells you? Because what? We, we all just can't be human, I guess, right? <laughs> we all got to be something. So if we could just learn to continually be more open-minded, expand our fucking thoughts, we would gain so much more and learn that we have way more in common than we have that is different about us. Because just being a human can be a bitch at times. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, the human existence can be very challenging, but it's even more challenging when you decide to keep a closed fucking mind. And when you can't see your fellow human being as one. It's fucking, that's, that's all I got to say about it. And I also want to say to anyone who is intersex listening to this episode, I love you. I know I haven't met you. I know I don't really know you, but I love you and I accept you. And I would appreciate if you would want to reach out. You know, maybe we can be uh, social media buddies or something. You know, I'm open for that. I'm always open for a little social media buddy action. But anyway, that is it for this episode, y'all. I thank you so much for listening. And I shall be back. I shall drop a new episode next Thursday at 12, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I normally do. And please, if you haven't already, go on Amazon and check out all the books I have for sale. Some are in paperback. Most of them are in ebook form. And the latest I have for sale, especially if you like some poetry, you're really going to want to pay attention to this is OK Vibes, the poetry, a curation of poems from the OK Vibes blog. Yes, please check it out. And while you're at it, check out the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com. And if you haven't already... Follow me at Twitter, a.k.a. X, whatever the fuck it's really called now, and Instagram at Justine Monique, J-U-S-T-I-N-E-M-O-N-I-K-U-E. Bye!